0: The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win. BanksJones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight. Expertise. Top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com.
1: I compute and obey.
0: Now today
1: Hooker. Ready. Boy, we have a lot going on on the program today. Of course, that means the very latest from what's going on in the NCAA lawsuit. The University of Tennessee and the state of Tennessee and Virginia has filed against the NCAA. Not a lot of news. As we told you originally, that would very likely be the case. With Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Also on the program today, we are going to get into uh, Tennessee's over-under at eight and a half. We discussed this briefly yesterday and I don't get it. It's just easy money to me, but that seems to be the consensus with a lot of national media. Also uh, the Vol spring game, limited attendance. Do you care? There's going to be 10,000 fans there with Nico in the spring game. Maybe it's a hot ticket, like Taylor Swift. I don't know. We'll find out. I know that's a pretty hot ticket because my wife has some interest. Uh, also, Uh, SEC football staff updates, you are going to see this more and more until they get the calendar fixed where coaches are going to try to get to the NFL as best they can. Uh, And and if that's not the case, I think quality of life and the culture of a program will factor in more than it ever did because these guys aren't getting time off. I mean, these guys see their kids when they're born, and then they say, good luck in college when they're 18. Big 10 commissioner plans to schedule more November games with college football playoff implications. I like that. And also, it looks like the SEC will be at the nine-game schedule eventually. Basketball Final Four caliber after Arkansas? Are those your balls? Good morning, Caleb. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm well. And good morning to everyone on the message board. Please go ahead and hit that likes and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. And we have a lot of fun on the program. We we were able to give away a lot of prizes yesterday. Congratulations to, uh, I believe it was Caitlin, who won the Fire Opals from Rick Terry Jewelry Design. And he was a nice enough to send me a picture of those. And we greatly appreciate Rick Terry, Rick Terry Jewelry Design. Who was able to present those fire opals on um, on Valentine's Day? It was pretty cool. So we we were able to work that out yesterday. Now I remind you that you can join Hooker's Corner, our own patron uh, Patreon. I call it patron uh, Patreon page. You can join that at any time, and we'll give away weekly gifts, which will include T-shirts and books. By the way, if you've already joined. You won. You should have received a message because everybody that joined in the first week won. So that's going to be if you if you if you're if you're a member if you're a member then um, we are going to uh, take care of you and uh, go ahead and sign up. So that was the first round. For from here forward, we will uh, be able to uh, to give away a weekly prize and then the monthly prize this week is a mini autographed helmet for uh, Hendon Hooker. Now, turn to a very serious note. As we have discussed on this program today, what I would call random acts of violence, and they're not getting so random anymore. It seems like they're getting regular uh, acts of violence. And as it happened, Trey Smith, who, to a man, everybody that I've talked to, is a stand-up individual, found himself in a position in which he needed to render aid to a young man during the Chiefs' Super Bowl victory. Um, Caleb, I, th- I think it speaks to a couple of things that I have learned. Um, and one is that these are not the wild and crazy guys that you hear about on North Dallas Forty or even that movie with Jamie Foxx in it. There is not as much of that as you would believe. These are pros, even at the college level. And the other thing that I've learned is primarily these are good men. And I have to be honest with you, and I don't mean this as a way of suppressing what he did. I'm just not surprised. I'm I'm not surprised from what I've heard of Trey Smith that he would stop potentially endanger himself And give us the whole backstory, Caleb, because Trey Smith was there during a shooting at the Super Bowl championship parade. Nobody would begrudge anybody from running away from gunfire, right? I mean, we all think that we're going to be superheroes in that situation, but we really don't know until we're put in that situation. Trey Smith was put in that situation. I'm not surprised at all he acted like an exemplary human. I've had the opportunity, Caleb, to talk about Trey Lot with uh, Cooper Mays. So let me get get your thoughts. We have a lot of fun on the program, but this is a very serious thing. Absolutely.
2: So we don't know for sure yet if this was after the gunfire had stopped or while it was going on. But what we do know is that there were some Kids, there were a lot of kids at this parade. There were nine kids that were hit with gunfire yesterday. Fortunately, none of them have died so far. I mean, it's just an, uh, 21 people are in the hospital right now were hit. Another person, a beloved local DJ, has unfortunately passed away. Um, at, I don't know if this was right after or during, but Trey Smith and a couple of other Chiefs players actively got involved to calm down kids that you can imagine how traumatized kids are after something like this. Imagine and, how
1: traumatized we would be. I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of fully grown adults that might not keep their stuff together. To be real honest with you,
2: I agree. I agree. And um, Trey Smith, Blaine Gabbert, um, there were a couple of other players uh, according to Albert Breer of SI.com. I just I want to give them all real a quick shout out. Uh, Austin Ryder and Chris Aladukan all rallied. Smith apparently went to one very upset kid, gave him a WWE title belt. And just sat with him until he calmed down. Just sat with him the whole time until he calmed down. And, you know, it, it seems like so minimal in a certain way, but it's so big in another way because it's the kind of guy Trey Smith is where you can tell just he has a genuine human – he's the type of guy that has a genuine human connection with people. And he's always been that type of person. And, I mean, you know, you think for the greater good, help the masses, but Trey Smith will come across one person – No matter how, you know, whatever they need, he will try to be there to do it. And that's what he does. And it's just, I can't say enough for Trey Smith in that situation. And I'm with you. It's not, it's not that surprising. If any play, if you had, if you had told me ahead of this, that Kansas City is going to have one player that takes an active role in helping out amidst or after the shooting in a heroic way and you have to pick who that player is, Dave, I would probably pick Trey Smith before anybody else. And that's crazy to think about, but I would, I mean, he's just that good of a guy.
1: Yeah. I would have too, based off talking to Cooper Mays and I'm, I'm very blessed to get that sort of access about what he thinks about Trey. And he practically considers Trey Smith to be a brother right alongside with Cade Mays. So, I man, that's pretty strong. I, I'm an only child, but I would imagine Caleb, you have a brother. To say somebody that you're as close to as your brother is is a pretty strong statement. I, I I believe firmly that yes, Trey Smith would have been one of those guys, and I believe that the perception either needs to change or has to change. I was talking to Cooper for the Vol Report yesterday, and. And he, I was like, I want to take you to dinner just to thank you for for being there or lunch or whatever. And he goes, well, I've got workouts, mandatory breakfast from eight in the morning till uh, basically three in the afternoon. Then we get about a three hour break and then we have to go back for mandatory dinner and meetings. Guys, these are full time employees. I mean, these are not you think of North Dallas 40. Those are you old enough to remember that movie?
2: I've never seen North Dallas 40. I need to see it.
1: it. It is. It is. Uh, it's basically about the Cowboys of the 90s, but they said it in the 70s. They were ahead of the curve. And they were wild, and they treated women poorly, and they did a lot of drugs. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys, that is not the athletes that we have been visiting with when it comes to Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays. And those off-the-record conversations, I'm telling you, those are not the type of players that are on Tennessee's team. I think it speaks to society and the fact that these guys realize they have an opportunity, Caleb, in front of them, and they're way more mature. I mean, remember the Fulmer Cup, how people talk about how many players are getting in trouble? I can say this with zero reservation. You're rooting for a bunch of good dudes to get to that level. Nowadays, it's become so specialized that I think if you're lazy, you get weeded out. But I think if you're a bad dude, a bad teammate, you get weeded out as well. So I would just like to pass that along. Is you're rooting for not just great people that we work with, but you were rooting for Trey Smith, and you'll be rooting for other players that will one day do a very similar thing. Unfortunately, these shootings are going to, to happen again, but I've been astounded by how great of guys these have been getting to know them through the vol report. And it's why, honestly, whether or not it's profitable, I've told Caleb, or I'm sorry, I told Cooper, I want to keep doing this. It's kind of a break even for off the hook sports to be real honest with you, but I want him to have the money and I want, I want him to have a place unlike a press conference that he can express his feelings. And he's just a good guy, man. I I just, the perception is so much different from the wild ones back in the day, Caleb, from what I've found over the past two years.
2: Yeah. And you know, you're right. And it's, it's funny because everybody talks about how everybody complains about today's players, but I think by and large today's players in the NFL are so much better behaved than Players 50 years ago, largely. I mean, and look, there's an economic situation. Players 50 years ago did not get the medical treatment they needed for maybe mental health issues and head issues. They didn't have the financial means to be good guys, if you want to say that. Whereas now there's a lot more protections for them. But I mean, it, it, it's sad because, like, when Antonio Brown acts like Antonio Brown, who I think we can probably agree is the worst human being to play in the NFL, the last, one of the worst human beings to play in the NFL the last 10 years, right? He, like, oh. in terms of character, he's at the bottom. Other than murderers. Yes, exactly. But, well, uh, yeah, I said, that's why I said one of. Okay, but yes, Aaron, Aaron Hernandez is at the bottom. But I'm talking about just not going extreme. Antonio Brown is one of the worst human beings. Most NFL players aren't like that, guys. Most NFL players are trying to make a living, feed their families, do right by the people that drafted them. They're humans like all of us. And, and I think that Trey Smith, even by that standard is just so much better. You talk, you know, there's, there's a former chief, Dave, that you covered who fits this bill who played for Tennessee too, and that's Eric Berry. And it was pre-NIL, but Eric Berry, was he not one of the, just the, like if you, if, it, he's somebody you went dating your daughter, isn't he? No. Yeah, and.
1: Exactly. And exactly. And, and and I'll tell you this too, and I'm not trying to take advantage of the situation because we we promote them because they're a partner, they're a client, but it's never been more apropos to promote our friends at Harold Group Security Solutions because this is what they do. Harold Group Security Solutions provides security to your workplace, security to your school, uh, your children's school, and they're working with private schools now. We want to work with public schools. So uh, go to haroldgrp.com or just Google Harold Group Security Solutions and make sure that your workplace is safe. These are highly trained individuals. I'm not going to get into politics, but the public schools, the security guards they hire, and this is me saying this, not Harold Group Security Solutions, are not Green Berets, okay? A lot of these guys are. These are highly trained individuals, and we can, we can make this work, and we want to get into public schools. That's the next step for all of this, so it's a serious topic to lead off the show, but God bless uh, all of those that have gone through that terrible situation in Kansas City. And kudos to Trey Smith. I just can't, I, I can't say enough about that young man and what he was able to do uh, yesterday. Um, there is no good, there is no good transition really to uh, to move on, but we are going to be able to do that. Um, anything else you would like to say about uh, Trey Smith at this point?
2: No, I I think you you spoke it pretty good, and this is the Trey Smith that we all knew. This is the Trey Smith that threw away uh, being a top three-round pick in the NFL to come back for a senior season because he wanted to fulfill a promise to his late mother uh, to graduate. Tell that story
1: again, though, for those that don't know, because, I mean, especially with the blood clots, he should have gotten the heck out of Dodge. I mean, as soon as he could, right?
2: Yes. For those who don't remember, this was pre-NIL, so he wasn't making any money. Um, and Trey Smith was an all-SEC guard three years in a row. He was a highly touted NFL draft pick. The blood clots were the concern, but at this point coming after 2019, it seemed like he was still going to be a pretty high draft pick because he had so much potential. He still decided to come back for his senior year, and he said he was going to do it because his mother, who was dying of cancer, her dying wish was for him to graduate. And he said he was going to graduate before he went to the NFL. He graduated, so he chose to come back. Within a month of choosing to come back, Dave, COVID hits. Trey Smith, blood clots in his lungs. Nobody's more vulnerable to COVID than Trey Smith. Yeah, And Trey Smith played the whole season. Tennessee had a disastrous season. That partially hurt his draft stock. But I think to this day, I, I guarantee you Trey Smith would do it all over again if he could because he it has worked out and he has fulfilled his late promise and he's an NFL player.
1: Totally agree, and I think I mentioned this yesterday. My concern with Trey Smith always was that Trey Smith uh, might have fatigue from the medicine that he took. So beforehand, uh, Charles Hathaway, when he was a Tennessee basketball player. When you pretty much got blood clots, it wasn't necessarily the blood clots that that killed you or ended your career. It was the medicine and fighting through that. So um, uh, Trey Smith was able to do that. Seventh-round pick, He's the he is... Well, I guess you could say Brock Purdy since he plays quarterback, but Trey Smith is the second best deal right now in the NFL. And he's about to get paid, and he absolutely deserves it. There is no good transition from something so serious. And you are in our prayers, thoughts and prayers, Kansas City. I'm I've been so close to flipping from a Dallas Cowboys fan, which I've been all my life, to a Kansas City fan. Trey Smith might push it over to the top it would be so bandwagon because they're winning. But I tend to root for people, Caleb, more than I root for jerseys. Uh, I don't know. I didn't cover any of the current Dallas Cowboys. There's a part of me that just wants to be a Chiefs fan. And that's not just because they're they're winning. But I, I guess I'll hold tight because I think a true fan sticks with this team. But Kansas City played the, Cow- the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I might not say it, but... It would be difficult for me not to root for Kansas City and Trey Smith. Okay, let's uh, no good transition. So let's just move forward. Go, what the H? Tennessee, just eight and a half wins. Wow, that's pretty stunning. Here we go.
0: What the? Why was he thinking? Release the hose for Dave Hooker Show. K- 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 keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com.
1: We have a new gambling partner we're going to announce and I went into it and I told them that you're just going to have to give my audience uh, incredible buy-ins so they're going to do that. Your first 3 buy-ins are going to be at 125%. I'll tell you more about that. But first we're going to before we finalize everything, uh we're going to go off FanDuel's numbers, but I think betus.com, but don't do it yet because I'm going to give you the code where you get 25% more cash. So you put in 100, you get 125. Back, uh, pretty cool. All right, Tennessee football's over under set at eight and a half on Vandal. Okay, pick a word to describe this
2: asinine. Asinine, (laughs) and here's it. I could get past I I told you this yesterday. I, you know, why I usually debate with rankings you know reporters or whatever that set these over under win turtles and predictions and we can call them biased but Dave you know this Vegas doesn't have any bias they have a financial interest in setting this yes and how in the world did they set this at eight and a half I mean this is absolutely ridiculous are they seeing something that I don't because this is ridiculous I mean they went nine and four this year with a significantly worse quarterback than they're going to have next year
1: I'm having deja vu. It felt like we had this conversation where you and I were on day to day, but it felt like we had this conversation, or at least I did on the program heading into the 2022 season. I'm just literally, instead of just saying it's, it's asinine like you did. And I was just going to say bizarre and idiotic, whatever the words, let's, let's play the other side. Give me a reason that Tennessee is eight and a half when I believe they should be nine and a half. Okay. New quarterback. I'm going to play devil's advocate and you tell me and and throw it on the message board too. If you want to challenge Caleb, which is basically challenging both me and Caleb, because I can tell you the money I want on the Jawan Jennings touchdown. Thanks to Denda that I'm putting that all on this because there's just, it's an easy bet. So, but, but I'm going to throw some things at you. First year quarterback.
2: Okay. Is that it?
1: That's it. I'm trying. I'm trying to come up with stuff.
2: Okay. So we did the, I looked at the SP plus yesterday and I'm going to look at other analytical data going forward, but we can pretty much guarantee and all analytical data. There's going to be three teams ahead of Tennessee this year. No matter what you, how, how you splice it. Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia safe to say. Okay. Yes. That's already nine. So I think Vegas is, is I think Vegas is looking at that. And then they're saying, okay there is a 50-50, it's likely Tennessee loses those three games, and then they say there's a 50-50 chance Tennessee slips up in one of their other nine games. Between And, I mean, the, the ones that they might point out would be NC State at Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State. I mean, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but I guess they're saying one of those games, NC State at Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State, they're saying that one of those games will be a slip-up for Tennessee, and the other three are likely losses. That's where I think they're getting to eight and a half.
1: Okay, Uh, this wouldn't be a factor, but coaches and players departing the program. If I'm on the outside looking in, I'm thinking, oh, this thing could be burning down internally because they've got a couple of coaches that could leave, one that already did, and they had a player like Tyler Barron who, again, outside looking in. We know more than the media, the national media. Outside looking in they don't have great chemistry like they've had in previous years. I'm just trying to come up and, and, and challenge you. That's that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not saying I believe any of this stuff.
2: Well, that's the problem. I think their chemistry is amazing. I think the analytical data works against them, though, because it doesn't look like they have chemistry because when you lose your quarterback, it seems like you lost a disproportionate amount of production. And this right. is what we talk about all the time when it comes to returning talent. You can't just weigh returning talent in numbers and how you did the year before. Because the 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 story with returning talent is, who's coming back? Like, who's coming back? And so, just to give you guys a quick, quick example, forget quarterback for a minute. That's a big deal. One of the things that worked against Tennessee going from 97 to 98 was they didn't just lose Peyton Manning, but they lost Marcus Nash, who set all the school records in receiving. So, for the sure. idea was they lost Marcus Nash. Well, what we all found out was losing Marcus Nash was an upgrade, because that just meant more balls to throw to Peerless Price, who became the number one receiver. Sure. So I think Peerless and Cedric Wilson was a better receiving tandem than Marcus Nash and Peerless Price. And so I, th- but analytical data can't, con- they-, they can't quantify that. All they see is record setting receiver lease for the NFL. That was Peyton Manning's favorite target. Even though you and I both agree, probably the biggest product of Peyton Manning of all time was Marcus Nash. So I think that that's what they see with this. They can't quantify the fact that Tennessee is getting an upgraded quarterback. All they can quantify is that Tennessee lost a significant amount of production in Joe Milton.
1: Okay, no, no, no. Now, let me ask you this. This is according, though, to... To Vegas. To Vegas.
2: You would think Vegas Vegas would know the difference. Right, Vegas should be factoring in, Nico. I thought they would, too. And Vegas, as you told me yesterday, and I think you're right, we believe that Vegas is secretly tied into every single program in college football right now. They have a lot of money to make on this. I don't know where they're getting this. The only thing, and the only thing that might make it a concern is does Vegas know something that we don't even know, Dave, since they're so tight in? Like, do they, is there, are there concerns among, are, are there, is there a trainer, like an assistant workout assistant coach that's telling them that, hey, there's an issue here that, that, that they're, that's not getting out at all? Yeah, but. I don't,
1: I don't know what the issue is. Um, so today's tough question, I can't even imagine what it would be. Today's tough question is brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House chat with two Ts.com. Hemp House chat with two Ts.com. So I ask you this question, and I'm going to put you absolutely on the spot. You have to pick one reason why Tennessee is eight and a half and I'm going to go with new quarterback, even though you know how much I like Nico, I'm going to go with outside optics, new quarterback.
2: I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with schedule just because they think they're at nine. They think there's, they only have nine wins on their schedule already and they think there's already three circle losses for Tennessee next year. And I don't think there are. I think one of those circle losses is actually a circled win because I think Alabama is a circled win. I think the only toss up games for Tennessee next year are Oklahoma and Georgia. That's it. But Vegas doesn't see it that way.
1: No, I think the Alabama win right now, if I had to pick it would absolutely be, be a win for Tennessee and not even a coin flip game. They just continue to lose people, lose coaches. I don't, you know, there, there were a lot of situations in Lane Kiffin's one year where things just weren't put together like they should be. And when that happens, it costs you games. And it's going to cost Alabama a couple of games to work out the chemistry across the board with just their coaches, much less their players. City heating and air conditioning. 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust the fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit that could cost you thousands or more. CityHeatAndAir.com, CityHeatAndAir.com. Coming up on the program, Tennessee is limiting their spring game attendance by a lot. Does it matter? Do you care? By the way, today's tough question. We would absolutely love for you to vote on the question that is right now. On the YouTube page, what if balls just won eight games in regular season? We have four choices. Hot seat for hype, disaster, but keep calm. Still growing, eight is fine. Eight is fine, got 0% of the vote. Still growing, got 40% of the vote. I would call them the optimists. Disaster, but keep calm, 40% of the vote. I would call them the realist of let's not make a huge monstrous change because we've seen the decade of dysfunction as a Tennessee fan you've seen that lastly hot seat for hype I'm sorry that's my choice if other than a rash of injuries or Nico getting hurt if they lose
2: four games in the regular season that's got to be hot seat that's hot seat that's easily hot seat this is his fourth year how many years do you guys want and and I mean this is a problem the most annoying thing in the world is constantly, oh, where are we? You? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm I, of the mindset, Dave, that I really only give a break for like one year to say you're rebuilding. You're only rebuilding for one year in football. That's it. By year two, you better be showing me some stuff. And Heupel showed us stuff in year two. I didn't consider last year rebuilding. I actually considered 2023 an indictment against Heupel's roster mismanagement and adding Joe Milton to begin with from 2021. But I gave him a break for that. But... Yeah, no, you need to show promise. If, if You're not rebuilding in year four, guys.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're, no, you're not, especially with the transfer portal. I'm not sure that you're rebuilding in year number two now. Uh, Do me a favor, hit the like and subscribe button, the like button right now. Turn your notifications on. I did a little bit of research and a lot of you don't have your notifications on, so you don't know when we drop new stuff like Cooper Mays yesterday, who was uh, awesome to quite awesome, gave us some insight on, Dylan Sampson, uh, how he continues to become a leader and the funniest line ever, Caleb, I want to call you. I thought I just shared on the show. Uh, when, when I said, I said, Dylan Sampson, how much of is it a want to as far as pass blocking? And he goes, I don't know. Some, I guess he goes, I wouldn't want to pass block. And this is <laughs> Cooper. I mean, this is <laughs> an offensive lineman. And I said, what do you mean? That's what you do. And he goes, yeah, but if I'm running around and I'm picking up 20 yards of carry, and then I have to pass block a guy that weighs 40 pounds for me. I don't want to do that. But he said Dylan does, and that's all fine. But Cooper is always hilarious. So be sure and check that out. The ball report brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning in just two minutes. That's a quick two minutes, by the way. We're going to get into the spring game attendance. Do you care that it's going to be a tough ticket? Two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, off the Sports
0: sand and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts, ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product?
1: TriStar Hats Co.? What's that?
0: You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me.
1: Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them?
0: Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com And if you order now there's 10% on any order, $50 or more. Plus use the promo code hooked
1: with the promo code hooked. You get 10% off that's hooked.
0: And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks stock up at tristarhatsco.com. That's tristarhatsco.com. Dot com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to tristarhatsco.com for the best quality and customer service.
1: Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code Hook that's HOOKED when I do to save an additional
2: 10% off tristarhatsco.com. Tristar Hats Co. is a trademark of Tristar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What's up, everybody?
1: This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this.
0: The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. Who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker.
1: So, Daniel, on the message board, is anyone already accepting bets on Tennessee at eight and a half? Uh, Yes, they are. So you can go ahead and get uh, on board on that. We would love for you to do that. And also, uh, this, according to uh, Kalen, who was our first winner. I don't know why I said that like Christopher Walken. Kalen, our first winner. Um, So he is, uh, let's create a hooker's corner tailgate to get more members. I'm not bad at cooking and grilling. We can do this to support Tennessee in the show. Love it. Win-win. So we're going to do that eventually. Maybe we'll do it for the orange and white game because only 10,000 people are allowed in. And we could have a big TV outside and people could watch. That's not the worst idea in the world. If you want to join Hooker's Corner, your ability to win weekly prizes. And our monthly prize is an autographed helmet uh, via Hendon Hooker, an autographed mini helmet that looks Pretty, pretty cool. So, let me put the link on there one more time. We had an opportunity to give away uh, some fire opals from Rick Terry, Rick Terry Jewelry Design. So, there you go. Join today, It's just $9.99, and you're going to win $9.99 worth of stuff. We thank Sports Treasures for helping us out with that as well. And we talked 10,000 people at a spring game. used to be such a big deal, but now... It's a little bit bizarre in my opinion. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Spring game, schming game. They're going to have it, but just 10,000 fans.
0: Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas. The most comfortable spas made in the United States of America. Right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens. Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs,
2: presented by Off the Hook Sports.
1: And mention Off the Hook Sports, you get $500 off of that spa. So let's go ahead and get to Cooper Mays right now, who is going to tell us what to do. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. What down, Coop?
0: Coop here. First
1: down. There we go. All right. So you asked the question, did Josh Heupel cave to public Pressure. So let me start with this first down. Did Josh will even want to have a spring game?
2: No. I, I I'm telling you right now, I firmly believe the plan was to not have a spring game. I think that is why I think he talked to Danny White, and I firmly believe he talked about doing the construction now. So I have a little bit of a connection to this, guys, believe it or not. Um, because my wife is uh works for a design firm that does lighting for companies that do buildings. One of the things I've learned is People usually try construction peaks in the summer months, not in March when you're still in danger of winter weather. Okay. Okay, Well,
1: I will tell you though, that I took a friend from out of town to go see the stadium and it's a fiasco.
2: I believe it's a fiasco, but what I'm getting at is that it, this is the second time in three years they've chosen February and March to do construction at Neyland Stadium instead of, I don't know, May and June when the weather's better. And I firmly believe this is to, they had to cancel the spring game two years ago. I firmly believe that was done on purpose to cancel the spring game. Josh Heupel is the ultimate gamesmanship coach. Honestly, in a very annoying way for people like me. Okay, he's not going to lie to you. He's not going to do like Butch Jones and just straight lie to you all the time. But he is not going he's going to reveal as little as he possibly can and it's and that's kind of what he was trying to do here i think he was trying to avoid the spring game and i don't think it was just public pressure i think it was tv pressure i think it was sec pressure to have the spring game oh
1: there's no question this is television you got to put something up there
2: yeah i think the sec basically said look we televise every spring game Te- we're televising yours or we're not going to get, you know, I think they distribute the revenue evenly from the spring games on TV. And so basically they told Tennessee, you're going to have it. They, I'm sure they told Tennessee, if you don't hold a spring game, we're not distribu- distributing that revenue to you this year.
1: What down brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas? Cooper Mays here. Second down. What's the worst? <laughs> the worst conclusion you've ever drawn from a spring game? because they'll play backups and they'll play all these dudes hit like and subscribe, please for me. I'll go ahead and tell you mine's Michael Brewster. could be an sec tailback. And basically they just gave him the ball 500 times because they had, I think the crew was, I think it was that, um, I think it was the Jamal Stevens, Henry crew. And so they knew what they were going to do. And Jamal hadn't showed up on campus. It was the spring before the 98 season. And um, yeah, yeah, he just went to he went to town. Dylan says Gaston Moore for Heisman last year. Yeah, I think we thought Gaston Moore could actually play. Uh, any crazy assumptions you brought uh, from the Orange-Y game?
2: Yes. Um, and this is probably my Also, worst. my one
1: would be when I was younger is don't drink bourbon when it's over 90 degrees. You did that? Maybe
2: oh Dave Dave that's <laughs> brutal man that's brutal
1: the young man all right so uh right, so I would
2: before? go it's actually a coach I would go I said in 2017 that Larry Scott looks like a great hire at offensive coordinator and no. that was who replaced Mike Debord under butch Jones and in... yes. oh yeah i i failed on that one guys (laughs) i Uh, was very early into my career of covering tennessee football at that time
1: i respect you for admitting that i actually do what down Coop? tennessee center cooper Mays here third down okay all that being said who will be the standout of the spring game
2: who will be the standout i'm gonna say it's gonna be cam selden again because he's not gonna play that much next year because he's not that good and y'all all think he is um,
1: I've cooled on him. I was never high on him. I think it's gonna be this guy. I think he'll go out there and be like eight of eight and be done for the day. That's that's my prediction. Eight of eight, 140 yards. Gaston finishes thing up. And I Just want to see a little enough. bit. Of, well, I it'll be it'll be the next down, but go go ahead. So you, you think it'll be Cam Seldon,
2: yes, but also the big one. Josh Heupel doesn't want to reveal anything about Nico's greatness in the spring. So I don't think Nico's going to be the standout player. I think Josh Heupel's going to purposely make him not look good.
1: Okay. Well, I'll, I will disagree with you there. Uh, now, what player are you most excited about seeing in the Orange and White game, even though they're just 10,000 fans? It's four downs brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. Four downs, four seasons. Who do you most want to see in the spring game? having the best spas made right here in the united states of america in your backyard dynasty pools and spas their showroom is open in athens right off the interstate you can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market and then delivery yes they can do that's knoxville or chattanooga they've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best they also have pool chemicals As well, dynasty pools and spas amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models. It can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. Mention off the hook sports, get $500 off. Mention off the hook sports, get $500 off. Dynasty pools and spas go to dynasty spas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. Dynasty poolsandspas.com. Dynasty pools and spas.
0: Cooper Mays here.
1: Second down. Uh, see
0: the center, Cooper makes here.
1: Fourth down. Fourth down. Uh, Dylan says, Lance Hurd against James Pierce will have my attention. I was going to ask you, what player do you most want to see in the spring game? Mine's Jake Merklinger, just to determine how good he is, how much of a fall off there might be if something happens to Nico. I hate to tell you, Dylan, but I don't know how much contact I'll have. Probably thud drills at best. So I don't know that you're really going to see heard versus anybody a lot um, but uh, my guy would be Jake Merklinger uh, i want to see him spin the ball
2: man you took mine dave hate when you do All that right. cuz i was going to say that too but yeah i guys there's going to be about 20 fake injuries in the spring game i hope y'all know that okay there's going to be like oh he was he he coughed one time last night and so we had to hold him out for today because we had to quarantine him i mean you're going to see the craziest reasons possible for a player to not play in this spring game for me though I I'll, I I'll, I'll, I'll depart from you a little bit um because and I will say I'll say Nathan Leacock because we heard a lot about him last year at receivers the young star rising receiver he's going to be buried in the depth chart again because of all the newcomers that Hypo's gotten but I still think he's one of the future guys so I think Hypo will give him some reps in this game and I just want to see if he could work his way into maybe getting into the rotation
1: Tennessee's rivals are managing to keep together a staff in one case and adding coaches in another breaking that down. The show represented by banks and Jones, 30 seconds Banks and Jones. Well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not banks and Jones led by T Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. T. Scott Jones. Banksandjones.com. Hey, Alabama fans, I'm not ripping you at all. I promise I'm not. But this news makes me feel no better about the program if I'm in your shoes. Alabama coach uh, Kalen DeBoer has retained and promoted assistants Freddie Roach and Robert Gillespie. Gillespie, of course, coached at Tennessee. DeBoer announced Wednesday that Roach, the Crimson Tides defensive line coach, will serve as associate head coach, which is basically just a way to keep him. A lot of these coaches want those titles because if you're associate head coach or assistant head coach, theoretically, it helps you get your next head coaching job. It didn't with Trooper Taylor, and it hadn't a lot of times. I think it's kind of a silly ask, but you, you got it. Um, and then Gillespie will remain, remain as running backs coach with the added title of assistant head coach. This is just stupid. I mean, this is basically giving somebody a title and more money because you're so desperate because you've lost so many people and you can't hire anybody else to fill their role. They've lost their offensive coordinator, a handful of other guys. This is the saddest good news that Alabama fans could possibly have because it's good news that they're staying. It'd be a lot worse if they were going, but the way I see it, this is terrible bad news, and I see clearly because of Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision correction for LASIK cataract surgery and regular eye examination, ccteyes.com, ccteyes.com. Is this good? Good, bad news or bad, good news?
2: I mean, or is it just any news? I mean, I he. What, this is about, I mean, this is, the, I, I've been serious on this. By this the is, way,
1: is- I would like to announce something on the program today. Caleb Calhoun is our assistant uh, head Lead co-host in charge of comedic relief. So I gave you a big new title. Do you you feel better now?
2: I'm so honored. I'm so honored. Matter of fact, I remember
1: Lesky, who, by the way, I never was wowed by him at Tennessee. Were
2: you? No, but I thought he got wronged a little bit at Tennessee by Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt basically pretended to tell Robert Gillespie he was going to retain him on the staff so he could keep the 2018 recruiting class together. And then two weeks after the re- signing, he, he nixed Robert Gillespie like that. And I'm like, that was a low blow move, honestly. Um, so yeah. So that was a pretty snake move by Jeremy Pruitt. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Robert Gillespie has enough recruiting ties in the South at this point. He's done a, he, he's very well connected as a recruiter that I think that's going to be the biggest reason that he could end up working out. Um Freddie Roach is, look, I mean, we are talking about potentially a very young Rodney Garner. And, you Rodney. know, I mean, you know, I, I will say that Freddie Roach has shown, he's shown drive and he's got very good connections and things like that, but they're mostly Alabama, but there is some Louisiana and Mississippi. So it's that whole like Delta area, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, where he does have a lot of ties around there. Um, And so this is about recruiting ties in that region. Whereas Robert Gillespie is about recruiting ties in Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, as everybody who's actually from the South knows there are two deep Souths. One is low country, which is Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, barely Florida. And then one is Delta, which is Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. And so this is to lock off the low country and Delta regions, basically. For recruiting and i will say that I, I yeah i don't think it's as much news the associate head coach you're right this is it the one thing you would say is he was clearly worried about losing freddie roach because that's why he made that promotion to associate head coach um quick but dave you probably covered this press conference when link Kibben was first hired and he introduced ed orzeron remember and he talked about how important it is that ed orzeron has the associate head coach's job and like, oversold how important Ed run would be in that role for Tennessee. <laughs> um,
1: yes, and wouldn't ask the question, is your dad naturally coming? They flew me to Tampa Bay to interview his dad about coming, and his dad gets – I mean, they had just gotten knocked out of the playoffs by giving up, like, 180 yards on the ground. His dad's like, I really don't want to talk about this. I was like, okay, well, I just flew down. So you're going to have to talk about it at some point. And <laughs> his dad ended yeah. <laughs> up talking about it a little bit. Um, yeah, that, that all-star staff was was pretty impressive. Now, it wouldn't have worked out long-term. They wouldn't have gotten along. There were some teetotalers who didn't believe in drinking, and there were some other guys who were teetotal party animals. So there, there was a some very distinct personalities. It wouldn't have worked out. But then there's another uh, coaching addition, which I think, helps the Vols. I don't think this is a splash hire. Take me to K- the Commonwealth of Kentucky.
2: Yes, in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, a guy named Bush Hamden, not Butch Hamden. His first name is Bush Hamden, which is typically <laughs> a last name. Um, he has been hired as the offensive of coordinator of Kentucky. To his credit, at, he was at Boise State for 1 year and he improved the offense from 54th to 29th in scoring. But I feel like if you're a good offensive coordinator, and this is what I've always said, David, you correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a good offensive score offensive coordinator, then if you're at a group of five program, you should be having a top ten offense, right?
1: Yes. I mean, if you're a good offensive coordinator, I should know who you are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I so- mean, I don't I don't want to sound mean, but Bush Hamden is a little bit out of left field, um, he was
2: um, Missouri's quarterbacks coach in 2022. So he's an Eli Drinkwitz disciple. He coached receivers and quarterback in 2020 and 2021. He's a he also coached under Chris Peterson at Washington in 2018 and 2019. He was Matt Ryan's quarterbacks coach in 2017, the year after they blew a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting to see. Put it this way. He's not Liam Cohen, who I think is the best possible offense coordinator Kentucky ever could have had. And I'm with you. I'm not that high on this. Um I I don't know I don't know what Mark Stoops' thought process is with this hire, particularly when he's got a face like let's be honest, Kentucky and Missouri are that's borderline an SEC rivalry and just like who's like you, you know, you know what I mean? That's that, that at most years that's borderline an SEC rivalry that no one cares about. And, um, so, yeah, I just, I think, um, I don't know what the move is with uh Bush Hamden. I, did I don't you know hear one of the I things
1: had. that he asked about Kentucky?
2: No, what did he ask?
1: Well, he asked for Kentucky to uh, specifically play when he's introduced Machine Head at the stadium. Bob Bush, did you know that?
2: Okay, is that a joke or are you uh? It's a joke.
1: Huh? Yeah. yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, can you imagine that terrible <laughs> man, Bush? Aye, aye, aye. Uh, hey everybody, it's Bush Hamden. Um, I tell you what, it doesn't uh the 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 hire doesn't wow me if I'm Kentucky fan, right?
2: Doesn't yeah, do no, much- I agree. I agree. Um, it's but this is what Mark Stoops wants. You know this, Dave. Mark Stoops doesn't want headliners on offense running the show. He doesn't like that. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's very, in case you, I don't know if you remember this Kirby smart, wasn't that different when he first was at Georgia. Remember his first hire was Jim Chaney. And then Jeremy Pruitt hired Jim Chaney away. This was actually, if you remember this, this was Nick Saban's philosophy uh, over a decade ago. Wasn't it when, remember when Nick Saban hired Jim McElwain, he did not like headliners on offense.
1: No. And see, it's what I like about, um, what Josh Hypel's done, I feel like he's put enough – he's put as much emphasis on recruiting and getting guys like James Pierce. And, by the way, we know uh, – we just got word of a, a change in Tennessee staff, so we're going to get to that, but we want to finish up here. Um, when you look at Tennessee and what they've done recruiting-wise, they've put every bit the effort into a James Pierce or – Ah, uh, the Ross kid. His first name's escaping me. All of a sudden, um, the the edge rushers. Jordan, rusher Ross, Jordan Ross. Yeah, they put as much effort into those defensive guys as they have the offensive guys. So it's not like that. Uh, it's it's not as if whatsoever you have Josh Heupel just recruiting to his strengths. I mean, you're talking about Pierce. You're talking about Ross. You're talking about potential All SEC players. They've gone out and gotten. And we haven't even mentioned Arian Carter, who I think is going to be a superstar. I think Arian Carter, at the end of the day, will be borderline as impactful as Pierce. I think Pierce plays a more impactful position, but I think those two guys are going to be elite players Uh, out of this whole defensive side of the ball. I think those are the the guys to the guys likely to be most likely to be elite. I'll throw another one in there after talking to Cooper Mays, Elijah Simmons, if he's healthy, uh, has an opportunity to go from kind of a nobody to uh, top first two he days. He can
2: back. get mean. He's got to get mean.
1: Some truth to that. There's some truth. I
2: mean, you know, maybe who could – this is where this is where Fred White would be useful. Give Fred White to call Elijah Simmons' girlfriend or whoever and just, you know, just start ragging on him since Fred White's the best trash talker ever. Right, Dave? And so, like,
1: and I think Kalen's right, uh, not Caleb, Kalen on the message board. Stoops is content, not as much pressure to win championships, gets paid very well. I, I think that's true.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly I think, I right. Think he's,
1: I think he's he's Jerry Green, but he's not as old as when Jerry Green got the Tennessee job. I don't think there's any question that Jerry Green was fine winning 20 games a year. Um, yeah making the NCAA tournament and really didn't care that much how deep they went. That was a golden parachute job. What, what's weird to me about stoops is he's doing it 15 years before Jerry green did it. That to me is 15 years uh, after you mean, no, he's doing it 15 years before in his career. 15 years
2: Younger. Oh, okay. I see what yes. you're saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's that the part is the part that's bizarre. I to mean, me. there so, are,
2: there are, to be fair, there are lifestyle moves. I mean, you know this Steve. Rick bird at, at Belmont never accepted a larger job and he only would have accepted the Tennessee job. And he openly said, he said, I got a good life here at Nashville live, or at, you know, coaching at Belmont. And he didn't really want a bigger job. What is wrong there. with that?
1: Sometimes you got to learn that. Um, I have. So uh, Caleb, we have breaking news. that's just coming down the pike right now, Tennessee with another change on their coaching staff. What can you tell us about Brian, Jean Marie?
2: Yes, and uh, Brian Jean-Marie, according to Volquest, and ha- has accepted the Michigan job. He is now returning to Michigan. Uh, Bim McKee has just reported that. Um, it's the second assistant the Vols have lost within a week. This is more of a telling one because Brian Jean-Marie is going from a college job to a college job little bit more of a red flag because, I mean, you know, when Jerry Mack left from a college job to an NFL job, you and I have talked about that, Dave. That's not about Tennessee. That's about the work-life balance of college versus the NFL. Great. And, but Brian Jean-Marie is going back to Michigan. He has coached at Michigan in the past. So it's not like this isn't a um, place where he's been, but it's not like he's a graduate of there or anything like that. It's So it is – Telling that he went back up there. He coached there in 2020 when Jim Harbaugh was, when they were actually kind of bad, funny enough. So I wonder if this is just a promotional role or if he likes Michigan better or if he feels like he has more growth opportunities up in Michigan. But I I, I don't know the details of why he went back to Michigan. Well, I don't know what Michigan offered him, that Tennessee didn't.
1: I was told uh, Sharon Moore, who is the new head coach, really, really liked him and that he was going to make a push. So whether that means more money or more love or more responsibility, or, and I'm not even joking, it made me uh, an associate head coach title, that Moore was going to do everything that he could to get him. That's why I started to lean towards uh, Tennessee would lose, and he kind of could pick up the tenor in our conversations. Tennessee could lose two um, coaches. So now they've lost um, uh, two coaches. sorry.
2: Mac, oh sorry,
1: yeah. I thought you were about to name it. Yeah. No, they, they lost Jerry Mac. Uh, is this disconcerting? Scale of 1 to 10, 10, uh-oh, people are jumping chip. Uh, 1, they're replacing these coaches with better better coaches.
2: I think it's like a 3 to 4. The only thing I think that's concerning about it is, and you talked about this yesterday, having staff openings, even if it's not going to hurt, even if they're co- staff members you aren't going to miss, the attrition alone can affect how you do other things. Like you said, like they probably have to retain Willie Martinez now because they just can't afford to. to, Yeah, you have to, you just can't afford to let him walk. And while you're trying to replace two other guys, it's just not a great look. It's going to hurt you in recruiting. It's going to reset salaries. There's just a lot of other factors. So I think from that perspective, it's a concern, but in terms of, are they good? Like, neither of these coaches left Tennessee because they didn't like Tennessee you're right it sounds like Brian Jean-Marie got a better offer at Michigan okay fine and the
1: optics are that it's a lateral move though I think that one hurts anybody that knows anything about football even prospects I would say should know that coaches are trying to get to the NFL because the calendar is so untenable so you have that situation and uh, Jerry Mack so, I get that. I think the fact that this is kind of a lateral move, even though Michigan just won the national title, they're they're similar programs. I I think the optics aren't good, Um, but I think Tennessee knows that they were not elite coaches. We had Jimmy Hobbs, we talked about uh, this yesterday. They are not elite coaches uh, by any stretch of the imagination. The elite ones are, I believe, the Banks, the Garner's, uh, of course, the Hyples, uh, those are your elite guys. But I do think the fact that they have elevated uh, Kelsey Pope, uh, Alec Ablin, Joey Halsley, I-, I would be disappointed if I'm a Tennessee fan and they don't hire somebody that's got a little splash to them. Somebody that's just a dyed-in-the-wool, incredible recruiter. Because you have two positions open right now. Where at least one in running backs, you could fill that with an incredible recruiter. At the linebacker spot, Banks has heavy influence there. You could fill that with an incredible recruiter. So let's see where this goes. But right now, I think you've got, I think you got a little bit of a cause for concern of the optics of it. You better make a splash hard and get somebody good. And quite frankly, in this day and age of college football, we don't know that they weren't told that you could explore other options as well
2: yeah so there's you're right and there's a couple of layers to this it's possible look i said last week tennessee should make a splash hire to replace jerry mack and guys the reason i said that is because and i meant splash hire for recruiting because i don't think chemistry or anything like that matters of running backs coach your running backs coach is just a recruiter period in the story i think it's a little different for um linebacker coaches i think there's some coaching that's required no i agree and so I agree yeah, so I think I think there's gonna maybe they have an analyst they can promote that would keep the chemistry going. Now, someone just suggested this you could move Mike Eckler over to linebacker's coach. I will say this. Dave, you tell me if I'm wrong on this. You know more ball than I do. I think edge rushing I think coaching edge rushers is just as much a glorified recruiter position as coaching running backs. You don't coach a lot for edge rushers, right? You run after the quarterback. Uh,
1: Yes, and he's uh, Eckler as coach linebackers previously. Let me run through some possible names that uh, I've I've been hearing. Uh, Some of them might actually uh, sound familiar, as a matter of fact. And I know that A to Z has uh, reported some of these as well. But one would be John Jancic, uh, former Tennessee defensive coordinator. Would he have any interest in uh, coming back? What would you think of a potential Jancic hire?
2: I mean he was very salty about the way he left because Butch Jones scapegoated him for some things. By the way, he wasn't wrong to scapegoat him. I'm going to be honest. I, as much as I don't like Butch Jones, but maybe he would come back. I can't get that 2015 fourth and 17 Florida call out of my mind from when he was a defensive coordinator. That First. is that was the absolute worst call in the hit. outside of that defensive call against Alabama this past year on fourth and goal from the 30 that was the second worst call in the history of fourth down defensive calls of all time in football. And so that's why I can't get that out of my head.
1: Then you have Tony Gilbert, former Jacksonville Jaguars linebacker coach. Uh, He has a tie to Eckler because he coached one season at North Carolina. He has extensive uh, coaching experience, Georgia, uh, Auburn, and North Carolina. Uh, and then you have uh, Joe Laurigand out of uh, Oregon, special teams coordinator. I don't know how he would fit in there since Tennessee already has one of those and Eckler. Uh, but he does have a relationship uh, with, the, uh, with a couple of the coaches uh, there. So he's a Washington native. Would he want to come this far? And then Kevin Clune, Northern Arizona defensive coordinator, uh, this would become from Heupel's time at Utah State. Mike Schur, UNLV defensive coordinator. He joined UNLB staff as a defensive coordinator in 2023, former Missouri linebacker. Uh, according to A to Z Sports, it seems like everyone is always trying to get back to the SEC, so would Schur co- consider that. I think the SEC is a good pull. I think Tennessee's current uh, situation and where they are is a good pull as well. But... Again, the optics are going to be you've lost a couple of coaches. You just had an eight-win season. Am I, am I jumping on a – I'm just t- telling you objectively from another coach's potential perspective. Am I jumping on a train that's headed the right direction or is at the station or is heading in the wrong direction? I think if you're a coach outside of the situation and you have options after an eight-win season and two coaches leaving, you should ask yourself that question.
2: Yeah, but I don't... I, that's why I say it's a mild concern, but I don't think it's a big concern. Um, let's um, let's also consider this. Um, so let's throw one name out. Even though he's the best hire of all the ones you named, Tony Gilbert would be the best hire possible for Tennessee. He also worked with Josh Heichel in 2018 and 2019. Guys, he's not going back to Knoxville. Why would you leave an NFL gig for a college gig? And, and Tennessee is not going to want to open, open the checkbook for um to get an inside linebackers coach like that so quite honestly i think that that's just that's not happening one of the things with brian g mary brian Jean Marie, excuse me i i apologize is that he was a coordinator one time it was under charlie strong i believe it was charlie strong at south florida um for a three-year period from 2017 to 2019 but he's never been a coordinator outside of that. And he's never even been sniffed for a head coaching job. And he's almost 50. That's kind of a red flag where it's like, okay, you're not really going to miss a guy like that. Right, Dave? Sounds a little Chavis. Like, um, if you yeah. want to vote on a
1: poll question on the YouTube page, what if the balls won just eight games in the regular season in 2024, 15% say hot seat for high bowl, 48% said disaster, but keep calm. 35%, 35% say still growing, and now some votes for eight is fine. I don't care what you say and what sitcom you like the most, but eight isn't enough in 2024. Uh, two minutes, and then coming up on the program, are the Vols suddenly a Final Four contender again after a big win against Arkansas? I feel like we're on a roller coaster of basketball. Two minutes Off the exports.
2: Got cataracts? We can
0: fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. hi i'm rick terry and we at rick terry jewelry designs pride ourselves in the
1: highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in knoxville for over 35 years at rick terry jewelry designs we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories especially those fire opals at rick terry jewelry designs we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day go
0: vols hi mike davis here with city heating and air reminding you to always dare to compare We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win. BanksJones.com You're listening to the Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free.
2: Is there nothing you people can't do?
0: Also available on offthehooksports.com.
1: Yes, Smokey Mountain Red, the blonde in the cider ad is a cutie. There's no question about that. We yet to have some cuties because, well, I guess they could be cute considered by some, but they're all dudes. So uh, right now on Hooker's Corner, we've got all dudes. So the, uh, it's, it's, you're the Johns. Uh, you need to go ahead and join today. It's just nine ninety eight, and that's 98 for, of course, the 1998 season. But if you join today, then we'll go ahead and get you in the drawing for the Hendon Hooker Mini Autograph t- Helmet. At the end of the month, plus we will have a weekly drawing of a T-shirt or a cap. So everybody that is has already joined should have received an email from me that you can choose between your book or your shirt. So if you have not, or if you haven't had a chance to respond to it, check your spam, because I'm sure a lot of these can go to spam, especially with my last name being Hooker. That's no fun. Is Tennessee a final four? type of team again when we were just throwing dirt on them yesterday yeah i mean i i go back to the AM game and i we i wanted to hear your take on it and jimmy's take a lot but i do think that they were incredibly hot behind the three-point line i think tennessee was tired because they don't play they don't go deep enough i completely agree with everything that caleb has said and i think he's been on the forefront of that for a long time even though you've ripped him um, on the youtube page i don't believe that Tennessee lacks depth. I believe they don't utilize depth. So, yes, I think they're still a Final Four caliber team. They're going to have to use some sort of load management. I'm not talking about not playing players, but playing them a little bit less to get fresh legs underneath them. I don't think a first-round bounce out of the SEC tournament would be necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Caleb, but yes, I think this is one of uh, eight teams that I look at and I think in the nation is final for caliber by the way South Carolina looked great against Auburn Travis points out that would be the other team in the SEC that I would point to.
2: point yeah South Carolina is it I mean they are Lamont Paris is coach of the year in the SEC I mean there's not even a close second he is the he is by far the coach of the year in the SEC so as for Tennessee um I'm going to give them credit first because yesterday. Now, I know Arkansas is a 500 team, but it was a road game. So when you play a 500 SEC team on the road, that's the equivalent of playing a lower seed in the NCAA tournament. Wouldn't you say, Dave? Yes, I can go with that. Okay. What did Arkansas do yesterday? They went red hot from three in the first half. They couldn't miss anything. Tennessee, and this is why I say teams that go red hot from three, that's not an excuse when you lose because guess what? You're inevitably going to run into a team that's red hot from three in March and you have to be able to withstand it. So what did Tennessee do yesterday? this is why they look they looked like such a veteran team they played so smart everybody's going to talk about the second half where they ran away and won in dominating fashion 46 they which is why they won 92 to 63. I look at the first half Arkansas's at home they can't miss from three they're playing up tempo away Tennessee doesn't like to play Tennessee doesn't panic at all what do they do they turn to their go-to score in Dalton Connect And they play their inside-out game in Jonas Adu. And they find who has got the hot hand, which yesterday was Jordan Ganey. Now, those are the three things you need to do on offense if if the other team's red hot. You find your go-to score. You go to your go-to score in Dalton Connect. You go down low to Jonas Adu. And then you find which guy is hot from outside, whether that be Vescovi, Josiah Jordan-James, Jordan Ganey, Zakai Ziegler, and that's how you do this. And give a lot of credit to Zakai Ziegler. He didn't panic when things got out of hand. He kept things under control, which he does very well. So I think that's a very good sign for Tennessee that they were very smart and that they played like veterans. So I know that they dominated the second half, but them going into halftime with a lead when Arkansas was that red hot for from three, is quite honestly one of the, I think that's the biggest story of the day, is that they were able to go into halftime with the lead, but Arkansas was unstoppable on offense and hitting everything.
1: No, I I, I think that one of the things I was thinking about during the game last night is that we talked about, and we, we joked and probably overspoke a little bit, that Tennessee, if they need points in the tournament, needs to tell four guys to go stand over in the corner and let Dalton Connect score. Yes, you can do that, but you don't want to be too dependent on that, right?
2: Yeah, they shouldn't. They need to. They actually should turn to Jonas Adu first. Okay,
1: I I, I can roll with that. Um, but I really I like said Connect as a score. No Connect. Yeah, who's taking the last shot though? If you're down, no one. Connect
2: is the Connect is the main score, but the okay. but. The offense goes as Jonas Adu goes. and if Jonas Adu is not a threat under the basket, then the whole offense fall. It doesn't. they're not winning. This team goes as Adu goes, even though Connect is the best player. like those Spurs teams. Dave Tim Duncan was the best player, but they went as Manu went. Remember that they went how they did what they went as Manu went. And if Manu didn't play well, the Spurs weren't gonna win. Uh-huh. And so that's the thing with Dalton Connect. Now to knock them, Tennessee had a 20 point lead with 13 minutes left to go in the game. Rick Barnes still played Adu, Connect, and Zakai Ziegler all 30 minutes. What are you doing, Rick? It was 13 minutes to go in the game, and you're up by 20, and you're still playing your starters 30 minutes and more.
1: There has to be a movie out there. Can anybody think of one um, that uh, is a movie clip that's like, oh, Rick. I mean, that's what we need. We need like somebody who has played when We're like, oh, Rick, Rick. That's what we need. Something along the lines of, but I'm not saying it's going to be nearly as good. But something along the lines of, it has this meaning, but it doesn't say it.
2: You suck, you duck ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I but, mean, and we don't want Peyton saying <laughs> they're like that is total bullshit.
2: That's hot.
1: <laughs> um yeah we need an all Rick one here's the thing Caleb I think you you've come up with ideas and found me to be what very very flexible right right I when when you when you came up with by the way tell us about the latest uh history videos that you have
2: so uh the latest one is about how Jim harbaugh restored Michigan. I've got one coming up on Kalen DeBoer and how he came up and how he's going to become a, how he got to Alabama in the first place. My best one, I want you guys to all take a look at it. It's a two parter on the entire history of bowl games and the national championship and how it evolved in college football to begin with. And
1: well, when you get, when you get a chance to, uh, pl- when, I, when you give Caleb a chance to plug something, buddy, he does it. Uh, so. <laughs> wow. You asked me to
2: shamelessly plug it, but okay.
1: <laughs> no, it just went on uh, went on a little long. I thought. Um, by the way, Smoky Mountain Red found the email, so if you're a part of uh, Hooker's Corner, you've won. Find that email and spam, and if you don't have it, email me, just David off the hooksports.com and I'll I'll get it taken care of. Uh, but he's not gonna. I, I think I'm flexible, but still, at the end of the day, you came to me with the idea of doing the history videos, and I was like, man, I, there's part of me that wishes he'd spend that time elsewhere. I was wrong. Uh, you you the videos have been great. They've uh, picked up subscribers. one has like a couple of thousand views and they're there forever and they're awesome. But at some point in my life, I'm probably going to get past the point of being flexible and wrong. The old dog new tricks, right? We can hope and sit here and say, man, wouldn't it be nice if Rick Barnes went deeper into his bench? Wouldn't it be nice if there was more of a free-flowing game and they got up and down the court? Wouldn't all this be nice? But are we really just kind of eating edibles when we think about that? Because, uh, Caleb, I don't know that he's going to change at 76 years old. Isn't he 76?
2: No, he's not 76. I don't think he's 70 yet, but that was nice to go there. I think he's 70. But here was why that's. I could understand if you won a national championship, you've been to one final four in your career. How do you have a (laughs) philosophy? How do you have this philosophy? It's a, my philosophy's worked. I'm great. Even though I'm one of the most consistent underachievers in the history of the NCAA tournament. Okay. It's, it's, it's the same with Tony Bennett, the coach at Virginia, not the singer. Okay. Yes. Tony Bennett.
1: I do like that. Tony Bennett's got a wacky style.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tony Bennett was a defensive focused Team believing all you got to do is focus on defense to win titles, and Virginia kept getting bounced out early because what have I always said, Dave? Scoring wins championships. Finally, after Virginia became the first number one team to lose, remember that when they became the first number one seed to lose in the tournament when they lost to UMBC yes. in the first round? Yes, he revamped everything that season, didn't sacrifice his defense, but he started saying. I need to, I need to make sure guys can get me buckets when they need to on offense. And he focused on offense. And what did he do the next year? He won the national title. And so that's, you need a coach that's willing to change his philosophy a little bit at certain times. You know, Johnny majors actually was very good about that. Believe it or not, Johnny majors consistently made different hires for staff hires that kept him winning. Nick Saban did it better than anybody.
1: Yeah, the, and, the year they started 0-60 replaced Ken Donahue with uh, I can't remember who it was. Um uh, and they guy ended up I mean Doug blocks. Matthews,
2: I think, funny enough, not a. but then he eventually got yeah. Larry He eventually got Larry Lacewell. That was the big change, was Larry yeah. Lacewell was the brain um, And he, um he yes, he,
1: four. He was, I just don't Yeah, What's more likely that Tennessee scores 70 in the tournament or that Rick Barnes is still the head coach when he turns 70 in July?
2: That they score uh, 70 in a tournament game? Yes. At the Tennessee, oh, that Rick Barnes is still the head coach in July, but they're going to score 70 in a tournament game.
1: Oh, okay. so Don Self, state farm agent. Don Self, customer service still matters. He is a state farm agent in Collegedale and Ottawa. Go to donself.net. It's right below donself.net. They'll take care of you. Everybody wants to save money, but you got to remember that, man, if you want to place that claim, you want customer service. How many times will they score 70 or plus? Or let's see, 69 now. So, how many <laughs> times will, will, they, will they score 69 or more?
2: Uh, we, that's, an, that's a question for Hooker's Corner, if there ever was one. But uh, <laughs> um, they outscore I, I, his age. Yes, because I think the problem will be can they get to 80 when another team's red hot from three? And I'm not sure if they'll be able to consistently get to 80. Because there's always a to- there's always a moment where you got to get to eighty in a game. There's always a game where you got to get to eighty.
1: Giggity. that's what we need, <laughs> and we need the Ricky from Boys in the Hood. Ricky, uh, he is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Join Hooker's Corner on our Patreon group today. If you have any trouble emailing it, you can just do this. How about Dave at offthehooksports.com? And you will win a ton of prizes. It'll be well worth it. You'll get inside information. What do we have up there now, Caleb? We have some recruiting discussions about?
2: Yeah, we've got a discussion about David Sanders Jr., um, who is a top target for Tennessee. And coming up later, we are going to have one about Josh Petty, an offensive another offensive lineman. So we got some fun stuff up there.
1: Papa Jay, I'm sorry this one was a little bit short because uh, Caleb has a commitment he has to get to. Uh, He's got a baby on the way, so we're working around things. Uh, We'll be with you. Not today.
2: Not a baby on the way today. but uh, No, 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 no.
1: He's not leaving to go have a baby. Uh, But tomorrow in the program, we'll have a special guest looking forward to that. Uh, Thank you very much. This has been a presentation of Off-Thug Sports.